Congratulations. Congratulations! You're listening to Congratulations Pine Tree, the Bay's number one arts and culture podcast with me, Kate Rhodes. And me, Maysoon Wazwaz. Sometimes I'm really just like <laughs> hanging on for dear life in that opening <laughs> statement. Thing. Oh, really? Oh, you always feel like my mouth is like a way like I'm trying to stay up on top, like a ball, like a circus performer. Okay, okay, like a marble in your mouth that you're like you're trying to hold in place while you're speaking. Yeah, or like a razor blade. Okay, Mason, here's the deal: we are speaking on this podcast as members of our own selves. Okay, we're not speaking as spokespeople or representatives of any organization, commission, that we work for, that um, we've been commissioned to do something with, corporation, corporation, whatever. We're just individuals speaking extemporaneously for the most part. That is correct. Me as well. And Both Kate Rhodes and Maysoon Wazwaz are speaking as individuals extemporaneously on topics related to the arts in the Bay Area. Right. And so if there's a problem, you can just contact us directly. You can give us a call, 419-351-6606. You can tweet us at Pine Tree Podcast, or you can, what else did I say? Did I say our email? Oh, no. Say it again. Email us, congratulationspinetree at gmail.com. Okay, Maysoon, let's really get into it. So last week, last week there was a big announcement about a new Institute for Contemporary Art opening in San Francisco. And I think it was announced yep. on like literally last a week ago. And it took me by surprise. I, I was, I was very surprised by it. I, I was like, Oh, okay. Uh, I, I think I just, I just don't know. I feel like I haven't heard of many like museums just opening. Like I feel like most museums I know Out about are already open. They've been open for a period of time. Or you kind of get a little warning you get a little warning. You hear some yeah. titters. You see a building being built or something. Exactly. So you it know. was very surprising. It, you know, Kate and I are both, you, I feel like, pretty active members of the Bay Area arts community. Mm, I don't know if I'd go that far, but we're definitely members. We're definitely we're definitely okay, throbbing we're members. members. <laughs> active slash oftentimes inactive. No, just kidding. Anyhow, so it, it was surprising. Um, I don't think I knew how to think about it right away. I was kind of like, oh, cool. Maybe this is like a new institution for San Francisco, like new institution, not re, not opening another institution that's modeled the same way that all of our fucking institutions are modeled. Okay, <laughs> like, wait, hold up. Let's hear what the press release said first. Okay, go for it. Right, because this is where I first heard of it, was I got a little email from Minnesota Street Project, because okay, I'm on yeah. their email list. And sure enough, they have a little email here, and the subject line is announcing the ICA San Francisco. And inside the email is a little cherub, a little yeah. cupid with Sweet. a bow and arrow. <laughs> Simple graphic. And a little bit of material covering the crotch of the cupid, reaching <laughs> for an arrow, and then... Little arrows holding up scrolls, three scrolls, one that says I, one that says C, and one that says <laughs> Very, a. very good descriptive. <laughs> okay. And so, the and then the email says, Minnesota Street Project Foundation. Now, that is the foundation started by the Rappaports, the people that, that opened up Minnesota Street Project. You know all about that. Remember that. A.K.A. MSP, A.K.A. Microsoft Paint. <laughs> Okay, so they're like, Minnesota Street Project Foundation is thrilled to announce the launch of the Institute of Contemporary Art San Francisco, the ICA San Francisco, opening next year in 2022. 
ICA San Francisco is being underwritten by the MSP Foundation. Together with the Minnesota Street Project, the MSP will acquire, supply, and operate the building and leverage its extensive resources, expertise, and relationships to support the ICA San Francisco. The founders of the MSB, Andy and Deborah Rappaport, have also committed $1 million seed investment for the museum through their Rappaport Family Foundation. The MSP Foundation is humbled by the generous outpouring of support for the ICA San Francisco from its founding donors. Through boundary-expanding curatorial initiatives and collaborations across the arts, ICA San Francisco seeds need-to-know, civically-engaged local artists and curators into global consciousness and brings international artists to the Bay Area. Our support of the ICA San Francisco, this is a quote, our support of the ICA San Francisco will allow Bay Area residents and visitors alike to enjoy some of the most outstanding contemporary art in the world, mm-hmm. says Deborah Rappaport, president of Minnesota Street Project Foundation. It exemplifies the foundation's commitment to assume the early risk on closing the gap between imagination and reality. With respect to new vehicles for arts patronage, we are excited to welcome the ICA San Francisco to the project's extended family. And then you can click that founders... When you, they said founders back there, there was a link also to see who the mm-hmm. founders are. And sure enough, the founding underwriters are the Rappaport Family Foundation and the Minnesota Street Project Foundation, mm-hmm. as they said. Founding naming gifts from Caitlin and Mike Krieger, Rebecca Reeve Henderson and Cal Henderson, Pamela and David Hornick, and then the founding donors are Ethan Beard and Wei Chu. Susan Swig, who I'm sure is from the same family or is the same person as Sissy Swig, <laughs> former board member of SFAI, right? How many Swigs are there in the Bay Area? They're all related, right? I, they're definitely, there's definitely a family. Okay, Martha Munya and Kanye Makwabella. Sorry to anyone whose name I'm mispronouncing. Jeffrey N. Dauber and Mark A. Levin, Patience and John Yee, Heidi Braverman and David Skinner, Carla Emil. And Rich Silverstein, Lizelle and Martin Green, Katia Hagopian, Gabby and Rob Mishev, Julia and David Popovitz, Trisha Turner, Jenny Wilson and Andy Gass, and eight anonymouses. (laughs) Anonymouses. Perhaps one of our anonymous donors. We do have one anonymous donor here to our podcast. We want to thank our donors, (laughs) which are Anonymous and Jem Prosser, our two donors. Thank you so much. Thank you. And then founding advisor, Claudia Altman-Siegel. And then founding partners, Franco Gallery, Jessica Silverman, Mickey Ming, Kelly Huang, Sophia Cannell, Debbie Wish slash Wishful Thinking Productions, Sarah Wendell, Cheryl, Amelia Manderscheid. Okay, that's everyone who's involved on yeah. their website. And I got to say, it's not a bad looking website. I'll put that out there. Okay. Okay, Maysoon. So knowing that, okay. go ahead. Just upon first hearing about it, I was like, okay, this could be interesting. Maybe this is like a new model for a museum. Like that sounds exciting to me, especially when we see our local fucked up institutions, especially SFMOMA, doing all the shit they're doing. I'm like, let's get rid of it. Let's have a new model. What does that look like? Maybe they figured it out. I can't wait to find out more. And then I feel like I saw all the funders and I was reading articles and I became (laughs) less and less uh, excited, I guess I should say. Um, a phrase that has gone around a lot amongst our peers and colleagues 
and the arts has been optimist or uh, what's the word cautiously optimistic <laughs> is what I, I heard over and over and over again people who want to be excited about another um, art space but don't feel convinced yet you know uh, we're reading there was an article that came out in the times the new york times and there's an article that came out in sf gate and those articles i feel like really kind of stressed the i feel like it really stressed the funders like a lot of the quotes were by the rapporteurs, by the different sort of tech investors. There were quotes about like how, you know, new funders could give in cryptocurrency. I mean, just like, uh, it was just sort of like kind of a wild read a little bit for me personally. Um, and so I feel a little bit uh, just not excited. I do wonder like where, I don't know, there's there's a lot of talk about like this this new institution, um, uh, the, the founding, the director, Allison Gass, um, explained that social justice is part of the museum's DNA. And I just like, I just really deeply question that when I see the list of funders, um, when I, I, I just, I want to be excited about it, but I am very cautious about it, I guess I could say. Skeptical. Skeptical. skeptical, As usual, I'm very skeptical about everything. I want everything to succeed. I'm super excited. I want artists to get great opportunities. I want local artists to make, to like, you know, make money, like not make money, but like actually make a living off of their work. Like, yes, let's do all that. That's great. Please. Uh, But then, you know, looking up all these funders and the people behind, that feels like there's a lot of, there's potential for like a lot of cronyism, uh, you know, just like the same few people and their money going around. And it's a little concerning and I want to be excited. The articles, very few of them actually talked about like the vision, like what is the vision of this, of this new place? And maybe they're working that out. I totally give it to that, give it to them. I don't have a vision for anything right now. I'm super uh-huh. confused about everything. <laughs> I'm just saying like, I mean, it's like, if you're going to announce something, I feel like the focus of the announcement should really be on what this place is, not who the funders are and how great of an investment opportunity it is for San Francisco or right. for whatever, you know, and I feel like that was really the focus of these articles I read. And that's just what newspapers do. Maybe I don't know, but I would love, I would love to hear like for the next thing that comes out about this to be just like, can we just get rid of all the funders, not get rid of them physically, but like, I don't care. I don't want to hear about who the fucking funders are or that they're co-founders of Instagram. I want to actually well, but hear don't about we the museum wanna... itself. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, that is the announcement is like, okay, all these rich people made another thing. Okay, but we emailed out. Let's read out all these emails. Yes, I emailed, we emailed a bunch of people um, from all areas of the all areas of the art world in the Bay Area, we have curators, you know, nonprofit artists, arts directors, artists, uh, all kinds members of people from different art schools, all sorts of people. We tried to really, you know, we thought sh- not long and hard because we did it very quickly <laughs> about, who- <laughs> but tried to really consider who we were asking. We got some and great we- voices here. We have some great responses. And sure and enough, just like many donors, they chose to remain anonymous. Everyone's anonymous right now. And I think that's totally fine. And, you know, no, I love some, it. Yeah. At some point, there will be like Sarah Hotchkiss will maybe write something for KQED and there will be people who will come out and give quotes and it'll be great. 
But, you know, we're starting the conversation. That's what we like to do. Maybe we're stepping on toes. We're trying not to. But, you know, let's just what? be honest here. Let's Whose do it. toes are we stepping on? I don't know. I always feel like I'm just literally punching myself in the face when we do You think the Swig like family's going to come for us? I don't know. I've I mean, talked so much shit about the Rappaports on this show. Okay, Already? so I'm going to... Oh, my God. Okay, Lord. wait. I want to read the first one. Let's go wait, back and forth. I, you want to read the first one? I want to okay. read the first one. You want to read you the hold first on, one? Can you hold on one second? I need to get okay. Jimbo to, like, take control of the cat. Hold on one second. <laughs> What's that going to look like? I don't know. I just, she's in here, like, yelling. Pickles, get out. Well, I got Let's Wally. Go. Wally's sitting here next to me snoring like a freight train. This is the hard-hitting journalism that people tune in for. If anybody is ready to send us our Pulitzer Prize, you can go ahead and email us for our address. Go for it. Okay, so we emailed a whole buttload of people. Not everyone got back to us, but we emailed a quite a few people. people. And we said, what do you think about this new art institution? After we sent links and, you know, all the articles and all the releases and whatever. Yeah. And they're like, what do you think? Oh, and Macy. Okay. And we were like, what do you think about this new arts institution? Are you excited, pumped, relieved, neutral, cautious, concerned, angry? What are your hopes for this institution? What do you think we need most out of our arts institutions in 2022? That is such an intense question. Is it? <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Send us your thoughts. To be like, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Send us your thoughts about this or really anything you know how we are and we'll share on the podcast in the next week or two. I think, yeah, I think I was just really quickly was just thinking like, I didn't want people just to come in and like, I just wanted to give people the opportunity to say, I really want a museum that does this or I want an institution that does this. So like if they didn't want to talk directly about the ICA, they could say, this is what I've really been thinking about. So I wanted to, yes, it was a big, broad, a crazy open question, but... Anyhow, go ahead with our first response. Okay, so here's one of our first responses. I think it's interesting because San Francisco already has an institute of contemporary art called the Yerba Buena Center for the Arts. But lately, YBCA seems like it's operating more like a think tank. It's still so hard to figure out what exhibitions are on view on their website. So in a way, maybe it'll shake up YBCA's energy in its exhibitions programs. I'd love to hear if there's any dialogues happening about that between the two orgs. I have to say I think it's great in terms of representation that the first artist is a black-slash-native person from Oakland. In the New York Times article, the aspiration to showcase local artists 50-50 with national-slash-international artists is pretty exciting. I hope they can keep that promise. It's also great that it's going to be open, free of charge. Yeah. That's true. We're always ragging on admissions. <laughs> it's true. Right. Go. So our next our next email response um, says, the question is fair. Institutional support does not necessarily translate to local artist support. And I wish that we could have both NICA and equal, if not more, money raised for universal income for artists in the Bay Area, which means in practical terms, universal income for everyone, because most everyone would be applying for that shit as expensive as it is here, for sure. 
real income, real universal income, not competitive $600 grants or $1,000 grants for six months. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. The presence of an ICA isn't going to be what allows me to live in the Bay Area. Also, it seems like this was a missed opportunity to work with a BIPOC curator. Agreed. I do. I don't know that much about gas, so I don't want to be. I don't want to be premature in my judgments of her curatorial interests and methodologies. I just want more for Bay Area artists, more than to be getting modest honorariums to exhibit or perform at places where funding for administrative staff is happening in an organized way from the outset. But the funding plans for artists who who will show work there are not highlighted, at least publicly. I want to live in an ecosystem which cares about artists more than institutions. I do believe in the ability for the Bay Area to demonstrate leadership around arts and economics in this way for the rest of the country, but an ICA isn't the most direct path to this more important goal. This country has to decide at some point if it will continue to be socially acceptable for artists, and all people really, to suffer economic precarity, and if so, assign meaning to this kind of abuse slash debilitating neglect. That was a rocking great comment. Oh, unbelievable. Yeah, really. And this person included a GIF in their email that was like... Yeah, we had several GIFs. Pretty fantastic. um, I'm keeping those just for us. Yes, keep those just for us. Thank you. Um, Okay, then we got another one. Now, this one is from (laughs) Anonymous. Okay. Okay. (laughs) We have eight Anonymous, too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay, this person says, I'm pretty excited for the possibilities that a space like this can afford and am hoping this spurs increased arts investment slash philanthropy from wealth sectors like tech. This is a moment filled with potential and the messaging around the ICA taps into a lot of what artists and arts workers have been discussing for a long time. I definitely appreciate seeing a stated commitment towards more equitable compensation Though the current job postings don't necessarily meet the goal. The director of learning and partnership, for example, is an ambitious, all-encompassing job. It reads like a director of education who also manages all the admin associated with that work. With listed compensation in the range of SFMOMA, which we all know is not hitting the mark. Mm-hmm. I would encourage a lot more examination of what it means to fairly, that's in quotes, compensate for these positions, particularly in a new institution with more limited staffing, and really push donors to make groundbreaking commitments to what arts workers should be paid. I also hope that the ICA thinks carefully on how they can directly support local artists in early stages of their careers, particularly in supporting ambitious projects that artists here may not be otherwise able to start. I was concerned about Ali Gass's quote in the Chronicle about scale, and um, the anonymous here is qu- quotes that quote, which was expansive and flexible for artists who aren't necessarily working at a domestic scale. Okay, so the writer goes on to say, knowing that limited expensive studio prices all over the Bay prevent artists from actualizing on their ambitious large-scale plans. Institutions like the new ICA should give artists a chance to grow beyond the scale they previously worked in, particularly given the constraints that artists exist within in the Bay Area. There is also a lot of exceptional talent in the Bay that will just continue to leave if we don't support artists to grow here versus seek out support elsewhere in the country slash world okay i may just want to say may soon play the song I just play the song i'm playing the song we 
artists. Yeah. We just gave, like, our last episode was talking about all of the artists who've left the Bay Area for greener pastures. And that's just in the last few months. Yeah. Well, besides all the ones that we said that moved a thousand years ago. Okay. (laughs) And I totally acknowledge my bias as an early career artist here, but these are things I think about on the regular. Lastly, I also hope the ICASF will use its platform to encourage more investment in smaller art spaces around the Bay, which also play a huge role in supporting artists to develop their careers. And maybe the ICA can even pick up the great work that SFMOMA just tossed out. How amazing would it be for the ICA to house something like Open Space? and or to support a new film program. There are some major gaps left by existing institutions, and I really look forward to seeing how the ICA will grow beyond them. Wow, that person was extremely, like, really giving the punch and patch, Yeah, you know, where they were like, this is great, I'm so excited, but, like, watch out, motherfucker. (laughs) They were doing the hamburger, the hamburger thing. Yes. Right? Where you have, like, the introduction, and then you have the, like, the meat is, like, the, fuck this shit, I'm going to come at you. And then there's, yes. like, the lower bum, which is, like, wrapping it up all nicely. Like, yes. thanks for listening. We a love you. A compliment sandwich. Yes. Or a star and a wish. <laughs> a star and a wish. Okay, Mason, um, you do I the just next say, one. I just want to say yes to that, uh, the last the last few sentences about, you know, maybe this ICA I mean, can pick up some of the things that other institutions have tossed out and not just SF moment thinking YBC, YBCA also eliminating their incredible film program. Okay, Maysoon, I know that none of these funders give a shit. They don't listen to the show. They don't listen to people who come to meetings where, you know, they, they give their feedback. They don't listen to shit. But if they did, like, people, like, just use some of your money to save any of the shit that we're all so sad about losing. Like, like fucking save open space or save the lab. Help the lab buy their space. Like, yeah. we would all fucking kiss your grits if you guys did anything <laughs> where you looked at what the community actually wants and, like, gave to that to, like, actually do a big sweeping gesture in that way. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah. No, I totally agree. And I think some of our, some of our responses definitely talk about that or mention yeah. that. Like, why not put that money towards the institutions that do exist here that are having a hard time, you know? And which is all of them. Every fucking institution here is struggling. Okay, go ahead. That's true. Okay, so this is another um, response we received. This person says, I'm cautiously optimistic with a cup of cynical. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Generally, top-down institutions like this one don't have their finger on the local pulse and aren't radical enough for my taste in terms of equity not only regarding whose work is shown, but who is working there and how much they are being paid. That said, I am excited about the artists and projects that were shown at ICA San Jose under Gas's watch. Allie Gas, again, the direct, the new director of this ICA San Francisco came from, was recently working at ICA San Jose. I'm concerned about the corporate money being poured into the project and wonder how it will impact programming. Good question. If I could tell the ICA one thing, this is ICA San Francisco, it would be San Francisco's culture workers are keen and we have a nuanced understanding of the the power dynamics inherent to our field. Bring them to the table, listen to their concerns and needs, and assess them. There's a big opportunity to make a palpable difference at ICA. Don't waste it. And I love that because I think that's one thing that feels very clear to a lot of us who, who work in the arts. It's just that it feels like a very insider 
kind of approach. Like as far as I know, many people who work in the arts haven't been approached to have sort of like these like larger conversations or vision, like vision conversations, like an advisory board, I don't think has really been put together of like people who aren't like the money people, you know? Now, Mason, here's another email. This one is actually from Anonymous. I have been cautiously optimistic. That seems to be the buzzword of all these. The buzz, the buzz. Mm -hmm. Because SF needs something to take up this mid-tier kind of production slash exhibition. While there are committed and creative and amazing people in most institutions here, the leadership of every contemporary arts institution with resources is failing us. SF MoMA has divested from anything dynamic or messy in contemporary art. YBCA only seems to want to instrumentalize art and artists for a social agenda without seeming to actually like or want to show art. Oh my mm-hmm. God. Ouch. <laughs> Dear Lord. The <laughs> Wattis is hermetic as fuck and barely connected to CCA, let alone the larger art scene. Damn it. Yeah. And Caddis has slowed to a virtual crawl. I could go on. Wow, this person is Yowza. coming in guns ablaze. Coming in hot. <laughs> it's obvious that the Rappaports have wanted this kind of gesture since they have not given at a high level anywhere yet, and this lets them be founders. And the other mm. founding funders are obviously pulled in by that startup rhetoric too. Yeah. And I guess private money is the fastest, especially with high-powered gallerists in the mix. But I wonder where the broader foundation and philanthropic support is. I guess that would require ideas and programs, which obviously don't exist yet. Also, all this prep before the launch has been focused on the money side. But yep. why not also work on the community relationships and prioritize setting up some of those, like a community board slash advisory at the same time? Yes, yes, just, yes. Totally. That would send a signal that it is not just the people with money that matter. I have been skeptical giving the reading of moves made by the ICASF's director and nascent leadership with very cozy arrangements, that's in quotes, like the ICA San Jose produced Liam Everett mural on the side of Altman Siegel. After all, the ICA is not reinventing in any way the model of rich people patronage, maybe just appealing to a different set of rich people with a different set of expectations, all of whom also seem to be embracing its very woke mission statement, etc., We all want to believe that there can be an equitable and exciting arts organization, not even remotely experimental or a new model. Imagine if that could happen. But in reality, it takes a very strong director to eschew cronyism and push for expansiveness of programming and audience and resist a capitulation to the upper level market forces and use their charisma slash vision to enact things beyond surface wokeness and white liberal bullshit. Yes. I don't see that happening in any of the moves made as yet. Every action in these very early days seems to counterindicate that being the case. So far, it all seemed performative, although I hope I will be surprised as more happens. It really sits in a place that could expand what is happening, not take space away from existing situations, but I see its closest overlaps with a few orgs that could produce some actual consequences of competition for money or audience, namely the de Young's uh, contemporary programming the potential of Fort Mason Arts, the Contemporary Jewish Museum's growing curatorial platform, and some of SOEX's program, and for sure its youth programs. 
I'm not sure I have faith that the ICASF will be a good neighbor to all these places and programs. I like to believe that a rising tide lifts all boats, but dot, dot, dot. Okay, this is from Anonymous. I am cautiously optimistic and excited and hopeful. This comes at a time when there is such widespread failure by our most established institutions. Maybe the ICA can do it right. Without the weight of institutional histories and trustee and or board member catering, maybe. As of now, it looks great on paper. I hope they promote and support wild ideas and efforts, and I hope there's a little red... There's little red tape slash gatekeeping. Would be a shame for it to turn into a cool kid club. I want young, weird, and wild energy, and I want old, weird, and wild energy. I want to know what the cool kid club is. I don't think... I I think cool kid club is, an, is a derogatory term. No, They're I know, saying, but that's what okay. I'm saying. They're saying it's alienating. Like, I'm not part of the cool crowd. Like, this is part of the cool kid club, and I'm not in that club, so I'm alienated. I think all of those, all of those like, blue chip galleries... Like where I walk in and I feel like I probably shouldn't be there because I don't have like the money to buy anything. But I'm. But doesn't go that feel like because... every fucking art institution? Okay, no, I would like no, anonymous, doesn't. anonymous. Please let us know wh- where is the cool kid club. I would love to know. This one's from anonymous. On one hand, great, a new place. Non-collecting is exciting. Almost feels like a reaction to SF MoMA. On the other hand, I wonder if this is really what the Bay Area needs, or is it more ego donor driven? What about distributing the money around to the other nonprofit arts organizations that are on shaky ground? When does SOEX's lease expire? Could money be pooled to give raises to nonprofit art workers? I get it, it's trickier. And then I want to circle back to be excited and feel hopeful and not just bah humbug. <laughs> I agree with that so hard. So hard. Everyone I talked to, I was like, oh, I want to be excited. But why? Why do you feel like you owe them your excitement? I just want to be like something to look forward to. Yay. That's what I want. I want that feeling. It's not them specifically. It's like, okay, that's rude. Because that's to say that there's nothing that's giving me that that already exists here. And that's not necessarily true either. I apologize, I mean, anyone listening. I, th- I think the thing about it for me is, like, I can definitely hear people being like, oh, sure, like, another thing is opening in the Bay Area. Nobody can be happy about it because everyone's always bitter about anything anyone tries <laughs> to do. bitching. Yeah, everyone has to complain Aww. no matter what happens in this fucking insular little, Aww. you know, parochial art town, you know? <laughs> like, I can totally hear somebody saying that. But I feel like what we're upset about is not a new place. We're not against newness. (laughs) No, no, no. What we're upset about is like a late stage capitalism and the continued like exploitation of labor of the people who are most vulnerable and precarious in our society. And that all these people that can just throw their money around on whatever they want, use it to like have their own fucking cool kid club. They're using it to build their own capital is what they're using it for. I mean, I think, obviously, there's just so much fucked up in this world. And it's like, this is what we're doing. This is what the people with all the power have decided to do. And so we just get to, like, fucking hang on for dear life to the tail of the dragon as it's just, like, flying around having a great time. We all, this whole community has been on the other side of boards, right? Of like, it's been like the year and a half of boards gone awry, like boards running amok. And so here's a new board board to do whatever the fuck they feel like. Yeah. 
That's it. I mean, I'm sure this is what I think is going to happen. It's going to be just like Minnesota Street Project, where everyone was super skeptical about it to start from. Mm -hmm. They got in some people that, like, you know, have clout, you know, and then we've all kind of come to accept it. Like, we go there, like, there's organizations that we like that have worked with them and have had events there and been able to rent out the space for cheap and whatever. And even though maybe, like, there's shitty things that go on there, you know, we've come to accept it, right? Yeah. Like, nobody's fucking boycotting Minnesota Street Project. Or if they I are, don't know. Maybe. let us know if they are. Let us know. Please let us know. <laughs> but, you know, we've all just, just like every other thing in the art world that is just a bunch of rich people's tax haven, like, right. we just live with it. Just like yeah. we live with every shitty nightmare that we have in our fucking country. Well, maybe people will listen. Maybe those in, in charge of the ICASF will listen to our podcast. I might go ahead and send it to them. Oh, my God, Maysoon. That way they can listen to the, all of the feedback that we've done for them. We've, we've, we should get paid for getting this feedback for them. <laughs> that, so they, they can then take it and mold a fucking institution that we actually want in this city. Feel free to hit that donate button on congratulationspinetree.com. Oh, okay. This one's by Anonymous. Okay, Anonymous wrote in. Anonymous wrote in, and they said... My first thought was, who gets to decide we need an ICASF? This should be a larger conversation with all stakeholders, i.e. artists, curators, nonprofits, etc. This especially rings true with how the ICASF is being billed as a more inclusive, diverse, and thoughtful museum. Who is deciding what an inclusive museum looks like? Venture capitalists who are quoted in all of the press? Gross. It seems like this... <laughs> It seems like the same group of wealthy individuals after a vanity project, but without understanding the impact of a large contemporary art space in our small ecosystem. Also, there seem to be founding members of the ICA who are gallerists, like local SF gallerists. What does this mean? They are marketing, quote unquote, a new art world that they create, not that actually exists. I don't think we need an ICASF. We have the WADIS. The Bay Area art scene is already struggling to secure funding for the nonprofits we have. Another space asking for the same donors to fund it? Eh. Also, what about all the dying art schools in the Bay? Question mark. Lastly, why not use your money and power to create an actual new art model instead of perpetuating the same old, same old? We don't need another art center with white leadership. All right, man. Anonymous right, coming in from every angle this episode. Coming in, talking about it all. Is that everybody? We, we had Anonymous also wrote in, and they said that their manners won't allow them to comment. I have one from Anonymous. I'm cautiously up- optimistic. I hope it's a place, the new ICA, um, where people who are making art, making great art, that aren't necessarily affiliated with an organization or institution get to show art. I think that would be great. I'm optimistic, but we'll see. <laughs> sweet i think the title of this episode is going to be cautiously, cautiously optimistic. optimistic totally and then we got another one do you want to read but i feel like i'm not being cautiously optimistic personally may soon i would say i'm being recklessly pessimistic <laughs> here's a message from an anonymous writer in 
And they said it kind of feels like the same 10 to 12 rich people all exchanging money back and forth, but how much of it actually ends up going to smaller institutions and alternative art spaces or ensuring the longevity of arts orgs that already exist here? I'm skeptical to say the least because it didn't seem to involve anyone we know or any community surveys about what the SF art scene actually needs. Who even made this decision and why do they think we need a whole new institution? Mm -hmm. It's interesting this I, a few people have commented on like who decides that we need an institu- institution and like I, I think that's something I didn't think about right away because I was like okay cool a new institution maybe it's going to be something different but I like that idea right. of like you know if institutions are for the people or for the cities in which they're founded right how does that get decided you know who's in that conversation totally. who are the well it's the same as it's been since the fucking right. 1800s <laughs> all the, the rich fucking oil <laughs> barons the gettys the fucking the swigs carnegies <laughs> the fricks and the swigs and the rapaports <laughs> now the rapaports do it's true um okay this is a i don't know how to do this so you're gonna have to help me along the way okay kate ready um this is from anonymous This person says they're nervous about it. I'm worried about its close ties to MSP or Minnesota Street Projects. I'm also worried about Jessica Silverman, Claudia Altman Siegel, and Mickey Meng being listed as founding partners or something because I feel like it might just end up being more opportunities for artists they show and not really doing much to support other spaces or artists. I don't know Allie Gass all at all, so maybe she'll be able to navigate that, but the funders are all major collectors of those three galleries. One of the shows Allie is doing for ICA San Jose is a Jessica Jessica Silverman artist, and she organized a group show at Altman Siegel and the big Liam Everett mural thing. I think that's also at Altman Siegel. This, the news also comes when I have a lot of fatigue about with the whole Judy Chicago extravaganza at the DeYoung, um, and that Jessica Silverman has six exclamation point artists in the berkeley art show that's the feminism show at berkeley like she's going yeah but aren't there like 500 artists in that show yeah but this is this is just critiquing institutions the institutions kind of doing lazy curatorial work by just like leaning on the like the sort of commercial galleries in the in the area right so the she's putting a lot of effort at effort uh, which is great for her artists but it feels like lazy curating on the curator's part it makes me super sad about the institutions here well may soon but you know what's also interesting is that with this conversation i had um i always was under the impression that minnesota street projects both the studio space and the gallery space that the whole not point of them but like one of the the important elements of the, that space is that they were offering below market rate rent or like affordable rent right. to artists and to galleries that was definitely a big part of that's, the that was like a huge part of it and i was like okay well that's cool yeah. that's great we need those places to exist and to people to stay here and but then this this person that i just read about is very was very very familiar with the galleries or the gallery rental uh space there at minnesota street project and said that it wasn't actually cheaper that they were market they were market rate prices or rentals for the galleries so mm-hmm. i was pretty surprised to hear that and it, if you think about it, it kind of it it shouldn't be that surprising because I feel like the galleries that are actually that still are in that are still there are I feel like primarily kind of blue chip like hardcore commercial spaces, right? They're versus like maybe slightly yeah. smaller, more experimental, um, showing more experimental artists sort of spaces. Which I think they started off with a few more. Like I think I just heard that Evergold just had to close or just closed because. The director there had moved to had moved to LA, but that sort of that was kind of like the seemed to be like the last sort of more experimental or 
weirdo gallery. Yeah, just so you know, the the galleries that are there at 1275 Minnesota Street are Anglum, Trimble, Bass and Reiner. Well, Bass and Reiner does I all know. kinds of wacky Bass stuff. Bass and Reiner is so great. Yeah. Um, Casemore, Kirkaby, Eleanor Harwood. I didn't know when is Evergold gone now? Uh, I believe that they're leaving if they're not gone right this second. Play the song. Playing the song. And I- Although one of their shows recently had some NFTs in it, and that pisses me off. <laughs> okay. Um, also, Jack Fisher, they always have a show up. Jenkins Johnson Gallery, Municipal Bonds, Nancy Toomey, uh, Rena Branston, um, SF Arts Ed, and they they do get subsidized rent, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Or I, I if they even right. pay rent, they might just have their space. Mm-hmm. And then Themes and Projects. Right. And this isn't, I mean, I actually really, I love most of those galleries but it's just it's just to point out the the sort of the discrepancies or the the you know just that there there isn't space it doesn't seem in minnesota projects for a different kind of gallery right that it's very it's like these very specific kinds of spaces that are allowed to exist there right and i think that's the larger concern with this new ica it's like well who's allowed to participate who's going to be like invited into the club right or into the new this new space and how do we get to have our input in what we want to see in San Francisco as like people who live here and look, you know, how do you get to have your input while you go and have a startup and sell it for a billion dollars? <laughs> or you write in, you a, get to have input, <laughs> you write into a rogue podcast. <laughs> yeah. And we, we put it out there for you. Hey, that's our, that's our listener promise. As long as, as long as congratulations, pine tree is going, you can you can give us a call and we'll play whatever shit you have to say no matter what your bank account balance is. So give us a call. 419-351-6606. You can tweet us at Pine Tree Podcast. Or you can email us congratulationspinetree at gmail.com. And sure enough, we are not paying a damn dime for any of that. <laughs> we're not paying a dime and we're not getting paid a dime not, either. <laughs> I mean, if you call in, we're not giving you any money. No, we can't. <laughs> Unless you want to be a contributor, we still have that. If you want to contribute to this show and make your own segment, we do pay for that. And we'll provide you with recording equipment. But it's a little tough right now because the virus is still going strong. So let's go ahead and put a pin in that and (laughs) reevaluate when the virus is a little less um, throbbing. I do think our next, I do, I would like to have a conversation with Allie Gass at some point. Don't you think? Yeah, but I feel like let's wait until the place has actually done anything. Yeah. You know, because they can say everything they want. They can paint a beautiful picture of what an egalitarian, incredible, like, game-changing place it's going to be. Yeah. But, like, let's see what they actually fucking do. Because, you know what, Maysoon? I'm cautiously optimistic. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I do, can I, can I, like, totally break topic here for one second to announce that well i was about to break topic no to announce that uh voters resoundingly reject recall of governor gavin newsom we were in your kitchen and i was like it's not gonna happen he's not gonna get recalled and you were like you're in denial (laughs) i said that to you remember i was just really worried okay but remember that yeah okay i remember it now thanks for reminding me (laughs) okay good oh were you trying to be like told you so (laughs) A little bit, yeah. <laughs> Did you win any money? 
No, I lost money. Good, bitch. Well, but we got it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Kate. <laughs> I love it. I love it. How are you feeling? Are you glad? Am I glad? I'm glad that yeah. our our governor, who I'm not a fan of, is not being Yeah, I recalled. fucking hate Gavin yes, Newsom. I'm glad. See, this is exactly what we're talking about with the fucking ICA. It's it the is. fucking Gavin Newsom style. It's so true. Where we're like, thank fucking God we don't have, like, a straight-up abject fascist coming to power. Yeah. We just have, like, a fucking neo-lib corporate shill fucking secret fascist. <laughs> totally. Oh, Lord. What are we doing? Lord. Lord, whatever. Anyhow. This is what I'm talking about, May Soon. This is why we need feeling. to end these systems. We need to rip the systems right. down, and that's why, soon. that's why, like, the ICASF is, a, is disappointing so far. It's like, we're, like, rip the fucking system to shreds. Like, let's do it. This is an, it's an opportunity. They're not doing it. The Rappaports oh, are never going to rip the systems to shreds. We The Rappaports they're, are not who we should be looking to to end our fucking systems. For them. I know. Okay. Okay, now this brings me to my segment, which is, again, Birds of Lake Merritt. And this is from the book, Birds of Lake Merritt by Alex Harris. And today we're going to learn about Kate, the double-crested The episode cormorant. is too long. Look, Mason, we got to end on something that's kind <laughs> okay. of like... Okay, good. Go for it. You know? Start again. The epi- okay. Now, I recommend everyone get this book because it has some beautiful watercolor illustrations. Now, the double-crested cormorant, or in Latin, the Phallocrocorax aridus, has a length of 27 to 35 inches. And on most every visit to Lake Merritt, winter or summer, rain or shine, you're likely to see the double-crested cormorant, these large, dark birds with long necks and orange at the base of their long, sharp beaks have a dinosaur-like quality. They swim low in the water when hunting with most of their body beneath the surface and seem as if they have just emerged from the lake's silty brackish depths wow. now i love these birds because they'll go up and sit on the little different areas where they can perch like there's some weird random shit around the lake where a bird can perch but still be pretty close to the water mm-hmm. and they sometimes they put their wings out to dry them and they just sit there like oh, a they just sit their wings out that's beautiful yeah how interesting. Um, Alex Harris says you can spot them sunbathing sometimes in dramatic poses, their wings flung wide in order to dry their feathers. A fantastic bird. And I have to say, if I was going to rank this bird, I would put it S tier, which is the highest tier of the Nintendo ranking system. <laughs> is that you saying that? <laughs> or the, That's amazing. Oh, no, that's me saying that. That's me saying that. <laughs> Wait, what was that? What was that other video game I learned about last week? Shoot. Oh my god, you the learned Sims. about a video the game. The Sims. Sims. The Sims, yes. See, now everyone this week, you can go make your own San Francisco ICA in The Sims. Please send oh, us screenshots of it. Do what that. would you do ideally? Yes. Get that going. Make sure that you train one of your Sims how to paint so you can get some nice... And if you get all the add-on packs, I think you can also make sculptures. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, Mason. Well, I think we once again did another pulitzer worthy episode pulitzer worthy people now it can you win a pulitzer as a duo of course yes they have had they have to have changed the rules by now there's so many collaborate everyone's been collaborating for fucking time but people have only been rewarding like the genius 
It's bullshit. Do they give each of you a medal? Your yeah. own medal? We're both going to get the same fucking the medal? medal. No, we're both going to get one. We get our own? Yeah. I love it. Yeah, we're going to get one, and it's going to say, congratulations to my tree, Kate Rhodes, Mason Lazwas. Maybe. Well, I can't wait for us to be clanging our medals from the bridge. <laughs> to the other bridge. <laughs> to the island in between. This has been Congratulations, congratulations Pine, Pine Tree. tree. Thank you.